is passionate about cars with Steve Kennard, teaching drivers how to survive the world of modern motoring and imparting wisdom to the next generation of motor technicians. Hello everyone, I'm with Steve Kennard on a very crisp November morning. Morning Steve. Yeah, morning Andrew. When I first arrived, Steve was on the phone. He was having a very long phone call. <laughs> Did you want to tell us what it was all about? Um, yeah. Uh, insurance companies. Um, almost an hour talking to the insurance company um, regarding the uh, storm force winds that we had at the beginning of November. We had a little bit of damage done to the garage roof. Um, I'm just looking there, some broken panes and stuff, aren't there? Yeah, the, yeah. the garage roof has got some large glass panes in it. There's, there's a, quite a number of them. It's, it is a large roof. The roof itself, I mean, if you, if you imagine it, um, in previous lives, this particular building was a bus garage. OK. Uh, date, dates back probably uh, the early part of the last century. Mm. Um, that uh, it was a bus garage. It was Tilling's bus garage, actually, where they had the first electric buses um, in Brighton, and this was one of the depots. Okay. Uh, where I used to, the buses used to pull in here, change over the batteries, these huge sort of, I don't know, I think at the time there was something like about one or three tonnes, these huge battery packs, change them over on the, back, uh, the buses, and uh, then they'd be back out on the street again. Um, so these are like the very early electric vehicles um, that, that used to run around Brighton back at the beginning of the 1900s. Um, That's a topic for another show, electric vehicles, you must talk about that. But let's get back to your roof. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. We just sort of like, just sort of went off at a bit of a tangent there. But anyway, this, this, this roof structure, there is uh, um, dozens, in fact, probably even close to hundreds of glass panels in the roof large roof structure um, but it's it's a very sort of quite a tall building an open building and the street that it's situated in Montague Place here is very windy yeah. um, because of the flats the block of flats opposite which is uh, I don't know how tall they are um, 16 it's floors like 18 16 stories or something yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we get we get this vortex. I think we've mentioned it before in previous sort of shows. We get this this sort of vortex effect runs up the centre of this street. Back in the early part of November, uh, everybody will remember we had uh, strong winds for about a week, um, and uh, one particular day the the wind speeds were extremely strong. I don't know what they are uh, or what they were at that particular time because we've got no way of recording them. Um, but it was strong enough to blow me off my feet. I got out of a, a car and the wind actually knocked me over quite strong. Um, insurance companies say nowadays, <coughs> in order for uh, it to be classed as a storm force or a storm event, it has to be a memorable event. And as I pointed out to them, anyone who's sustained damage, that's memorable. You remember, if you had damage caused by the weather, that's a memorable event well, and you got blown off your feet which is memorable as well I got blown off my feet I did but, but we also sustained damage in, in the garage here we had a couple of the roof panels um, got sort of lifted up in the air because they're glass the glass actually broke a section of one of the panels actually fell out fortunately it's in like a corner of the building nobody underneath it um, had there been anyone underneath it I hate to think what would have happened 
Um, Did it happen during the day or during the night, Steve? During the day. Right. We, we were in here working at, yeah. at the time. Um, we had to have the... Uh, I mean, again, it's a large entrance to the garage. Um, every time we were opening the doors, it was allowing the wind to come in. The garage was rattling. Real strong storm force winds. Uh, I mean, I would say they were almost hurricane force. But, of course, ask Michael Fish, we don't get hurricanes in this country. But... Anyway, the, these doors, we, we uh, had to open the doors, let the cars in and out. Uh, as soon as the cars are in or out, close the doors back up again to try and uh, reduce the amount of wind that we get into the building. As we opened the doors to let a car in, a gust of wind came in, lifted these roof panels, mm. broke the actual glass, mm. um, and, and we had the damage. And I thought, another job for the insurance company is we had similar damage done about four or five years ago. Mm. Um, this building itself is actually owned by Brighton Council who've got quite a large stock of buildings around the town all of their buildings uh, four walls is is actually covered on um, a block policy so all the leaseholders and tenants need to know um, well they really need to have a good close look at their buildings have a good close look at their insurance coverage on the four walls they might be shocked to find that they may not have the cover that they think they have. We, we had the cover about four years ago, as I say, we had some damage done to the roof. Insurance company, uh, we phoned them up, sent somebody along, sorted the problem out, done. You know, um, all I had to do was make a phone call. Um, this time, four years down the road, same sort of event, phone the insurance company, ah, we'll get a company to come along and have a look at it. Um, this particular company they're more um, building surveyors um, and and I guess they are some sort of insurance um, loss adjusters or uh, assessors that are employed by the insurance companies to try and minimise the claim let's say you know the less they pay out the better for the insurance Um, the guys come and had a look at it and said well Unfortunately, it's not covered because this could be put down to a maintenance issue on the roof. Quite clearly an old building, over 100 years old. Um, and the design of the roof, uh, his implications were that the roof should be maintained. Now, obviously, like, like everybody else, we don't have any form of uh, regular um, inspection or maintenance policy on the actual roof or the structure of the building apart from uh, anything visible that we spot ourselves you know if we spot a problem like anyone else with with anything um, they would address the problem if you don't spot a problem you don't see a problem you know don't spot it don't see it nothing to sort out Um, but the insurance guy sort of said well you know looking at it it's probably a maintenance issue so therefore it's not covered because it's down to uh, maintenance rather than damage caused by the storm Um, and on the the part of the storm in order for it to be classed as a storm or a memorable storm event it has to have winds recording in excess of 55 mile an hour now we're on the coast here at brighton um the actual wind speeds are recorded and the insurance companies record the wind speeds and take the readings from Gatwick Airport 
20 odd miles inland from here or uh, occasionally at Shoreham Airport which is 8 or 9 miles along the coast yeah. um, those are the two places they get their readings from Shoreham Airport is in a nice flat location uh, no high rise buildings nothing there that's going to create any sort of um, you know increase in wind speed and Gatwick Airport uh, of course is the same airports they're built on flat lands mm. it's no good building an airport on a hill nice <laughs> laminar flow of wind uh, yes. yeah so no so turbulence you, exactly so you, you've got more of a nice sort of uh, you know sort of regular um, sort of features so here as we've already said we have this 16 storey block of flats opposite um, which creates this wind tunnel in this street not the only street in Brighton um, that's got large sort of um, flats around there's quite a few tall buildings and um, <coughs> excuse me where wherever there's uh, the tall buildings you're going to get this sort of vortex effect around the, the base of them yes um, it's turbulence isn't it absolutely yeah. you know and, and it's a, a well known sort of um, phenomenon mm. uh, but of course the damage that we sustained here was caused by these sort of winds um, that uh, are largely due in part to the, the structures around us, the, the block of flats um, but insurance companies saying no, sorry it's not covered because it's not classed as storm force because their recordings show on that particular day 52 mile an hour winds were recorded at one of their either Gatwick or Shoreham Can, can we guess it might have been whichever was the lowest? <laughs> well, probably <laughs> You know, I mean, being cynical, of course, they're going yeah. to take the uh, lowest reading, aren't they? Or they might even add the two together. You know, you've got a take an average, 100, yeah. 100 mile an hour winds at Gatwick, say, and at, um, at Shoreham. Not mile an hour at Shoreham. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just a calm day, you know, yeah. 20 odd miles apart. So we'll take an average. And we'll say, like, we've we got a mean average of 50 mile an hour winds. So we'll take that as a figure. Being cynical. Um, but then, of course, insurance companies, you know, we're everybody knows i mean they're going to minimize what they're going to pay out um so i've I've just had this conversation with this um assessor um guy who finally admitted that a spreer is actually part of aviva they were taken over in march this year a spree yeah a spreer as the uh as, as the company of surveyors that um, they're, they're actually part of Aviva uh, and of course they work for Aviva and they're going to minimise the amount they're going to pay out so um, just just be you know people need to be aware of that and, and I would certainly recommend um, somebody getting their own loss adjusters um, or their own assessors that are going to work on behalf of the claimant to make sure that they don't fall foul of any small print on any insurance policies. Um, I'm going to notify the council and let them be aware that they could have a stock of buildings in the city, because they're all old buildings, that could potentially be uninsurable. And, and as such, the leaseholders need to be aware that their insurance policies may not give them the sort of cover that they think that they've got or the cover that they've had in the past because mm-hmm. the goalposts have been moved um, so you know I, I, 
do feel that people need to be aware of this and uh, so, so it's going to mean that I'm going to be uh, penning a few letters sending it to various departments mm. and um, and let's uh, see if I can stir up a bit of a hornet's nest there somewhere because <laughs> that's what I do <laughs> well, one quick question Stephen it's yeah. probably a stupid question isn't it the responsibility of the building owner to look after the roof or is that the way the lease works are you responsible for that yeah i mean like uh, like a lot of the council buildings you know um they will lease their buildings out on a full repairing lease so it's your responsibility so it'll be down to the leaseholder yeah. to maintain the building that yeah. that's what that's what you get um, i understand yeah but the insurance uh, or the uh, council supply the insurance policy obviously they have a duty to uh, all the rate payers um, that uh, that they manage their stock of buildings properly, yeah. um, and as such, all of their buildings need to be insured. So they have a block insurance policy, yeah. for which they probably pay millions of pounds. That, in turn, is then um, divided up amongst the the various leaseholders, tenants of any of the council buildings. Um, and, and you pay the percentage of whatever that policy is, yes. I guess according to the building that you've got. Um, so it means that you're actually paying the council for a policy that they're doing for you. And I'm sure they're totally unaware that a lot of their buildings are potentially uninsurable as well because of the move, the, the way that he, the insurance companies seem to have moved these days. Yeah. Um, Sorry, we're just moving away from the wind, folks. Yeah, just, you know, sort of move the goalposts. Well, Steve, know. just in the last two minutes, I know that mm. this, is, this, this has been a big issue, keys. <laughs> right. What's the most interesting case you got on the shop floor at the moment? I just saw a very nice beamer getting uh, wheeled in. Uh, that, that one there just turned up this morning. Um, the, uh, um, it came in with this horrific noise, um, and when the lady got out of the car, we just sort of pointed out to her that She's got a rear tyre that's got no air in it. Oh, is um, it completely flat? Yeah, she's got, <laughs> basically she's got a puncher. And I guess she didn't really notice it straight away. But um, having driven on the tyre, um, tyre is now um, useless. Yeah, it need, needs a new tyre, but that'll sort her noise out. So it's, it's a, a pretty cheap fix. New tyre. Were the wheel rims okay? Because they can get damaged, can't they? Yeah. Uh, no, this, this one is okay. It hasn't been run on the rim. The tyre is still actually on the rim, yeah. um, even though it's totally destroyed. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's that one there. I mean, in amongst the other vehicles, in it's a lot of run-of-the-mill sort of stuff in at the moment. Um, uh, an ABS ECU on a, an Audi, uh, Audi A3 sat over there. Um, there's a little Nissan SRI Almira waiting for a gearbox. Uh, Peugeot 206 Cabriolet just had a gearbox fitted. Um, and uh, some MOT repairs here on a Rover and a Renault and a Ford and another Peugeot. And, uh, and, uh, so just all pretty normal stuff. Have you finished yeah, your run on new engines, Steve? Um, yeah, we've actually got... Um, yeah, we, we've done all of the um, current sort of uh, engine rebuilds and refits that we've had in uh, that we spoke about on the last um, broadcast so so they're, they're all done yeah we're, we're into sort of uh, just run-of-the-mill type of repairs at the moment um, leading up towards Christmas yeah. um, 
it usually starts to quieten down a little bit but with this, this cold spell you know uh, we'll start getting a few sort of um, issues weather issues um, like lack of antifreeze yeah that is that is the thing a lot of people still don't sort of um, check under the bonnets too well uh, I, mean, I noticed this morning when I was with um, Kathleen but so are you doing a complimentary antifreeze check yeah we, we do a we do a free winter check anyway um, which is like a 20 point winter check um, checking people's tires levels antifreeze um, lights just just the sort of stuff that people should should be able to check themselves but a lot of people don't bother too much nowadays but you know if, if they're um, <coughs> too busy to do it themselves just give us a call here and we'll get it booked in and do a, a free winter check but as a matter of course anything that comes in the garage this time of year um, we'll check the antifreeze strength just to make sure because if if somebody has had to top up during the course of the summer you know yeah. the level goes down a little bit yeah. top it up with a little bit of water it's dilute it won't it it's going to dilute the antifreeze yeah. and um, even though it might be green blue or red in colour it's strength wise might not be strong enough for the um, sort of temperatures that we're likely to get so there you go folks check your antifreeze levels if it's possible you got, that's not possible to do is it or just have a think about it at least and go to Steve and get it checked and also if you're a, a leaseholder check your insurance policy yeah absolutely if, if you've got a building that you lease from Brighton Council or from any other company where you're paying a part premium from a block policy just check to make sure that you have got the right sort of coverage particularly with the mention of the word storm if if you if it says you've got storm coverage check with the insurance company to find out their definition of storm steve kennard from first class garage Kemptown, brighton uk thank you very much indeed cheers andy thanks for listening to passionate about cars Visit the podcast website at passionate-about-cars.com and Steve's excellent garage, First Class Garage, can be found at www.1stclassgarage.co.uk.